Welcome to episode 13 of In The Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Montgomery County Archives in Montgomery, Alabama. In this episode, we will discuss how Montgomery became the state capital. We all know Montgomery as the capital city of the state of Alabama, but have you ever wondered how that came to be? Before Montgomery was the capital city, the title belonged to four other cities across the state. The first capital of the territory of Alabama was located in St. Stephens, a town located in Washington County, 67 miles north of Mobile. St. Stephens was the capital of the Alabama Territory from the time it was established in 1817 until the territory was approved for statehood in 1819. When Alabama was approved for statehood in 1819, Huntsville in North Alabama was chosen as a site for the Constitutional Convention. At the convention, Cahaba, located at the convergence of the Alabama and Cahaba Rivers in Dallas County, was chosen to become the Alabama State Capital. But since there was no town or any public building at Cahaba, Huntsville would serve as the temporary capital of the state until 1820. The capital moved to the newly built town of Cahaba in 1820. The first capital building of Alabama was completed there in the same year. The town of Cahaba proved to be a very problematic site for Alabama's first capital. Because Cahaba was located at the confluence of two rivers, it often flooded and had a reputation as an unhealthy environment. In 1825, a major flood occurred in Cahaba that resulted in a partial collapse of the state house. According to Section 29 of the 1819 State Constitution, during the first General Assembly of the state legislature in 1825, the legislature would be given a chance to make Cahaba the permanent capital of Alabama or choose a new site that would become the permanent site of the state capital. Due to the environmental issues that plagued Cahaba, the legislature voted to move the capital to Tuscaloosa in January of 1826. A thriving town located on Alabama's Black Warrior River, Tuscaloosa represented a strong choice for the state capital in 1819. After the problems that plagued the capital in Cahaba, Tuscaloosa became the obvious choice to host the state capital in 1826. Tuscaloosa immediately saw the benefits of being the capital city in 1827. When the state chose this location as the site for the first public university in the state, the University of Alabama. After President Andrew Jackson signed the Indian Removal Act in 1830, land in East Alabama that was once Creek Indian Territory began to experience large population gains. The removal of the Native Americans from East Alabama prompted appeals for a more centralized location for the state capital. But, according to Section 29 of the 1819 State Constitution, and the act of the 1825 General Assembly to move the capital, Tuscaloosa was the permanent capital of the state, and that cannot be changed, except by an amendment to the Constitution. The first effort to move the capital from Tuscaloosa occurred in 1838. State Representative Walter H. Crenshaw from Butler County introduced a bill in the House calling for the convention to revise and amend the state constitution. Crenshaw's intentions were to get the provision that made Tuscaloosa the permanent capital removed from the Alabama state constitution. The bill passed both the Senate and the House, but was voted down by the people in the election of 1839. Another attempt was made in 1844, when two resolutions were introduced. One that proposed that Tuscaloosa be removed as the seat of power, which passed but did not have the votes to be ratified. Another that would change the annual sessions of the state legislature to biennial which also passed with the majority in each county. Supporters of the first bill framed the resolution to ratify the two bills as one single resolution of ratification. 
Opponents of the bill made every effort to divide the ratification of the resolutions, but all efforts were unsuccessful. The first vote failed in both the Senate and the House. As motions to reconsider the first vote were pending, many opponents of the removal chose to vote in favor of it rather than lose the biennial sessions. After the bills were ratified, the question then moved to where the new capital would be. When this question of location arose in the legislature, six sites were introduced, Mobile, Selma, Marion, Tuscaloosa, Wetumpka, and Montgomery. After the first vote, Tuscaloosa had the most votes, but did not have enough of a majority to win. Fourteen other ballots were had, with no city receiving a clear majority until the 16th ballot, which saw Montgomery, a town on the banks of the Alabama River, receiving a majority vote. Tuscaloosa was second in the voting, and Wetumpka, a town just north of Montgomery, was third. Montgomery was able to secure the capital by offering the site of Goat Hill, which got its name for its use as a pasturage, and the construction of the capital building all at no charge to the state. Andrew Dexter, founder of the town that will soon become a part of Montgomery, anticipated the capital moving to Montgomery and held the site of Goat Hill for the occasion. The newly built state capital was completed on December 6, 1847, just days before the legislature's first biennial session. Almost two years later, during the second session at the new capital, the building was destroyed by fire. The state legislature appropriated $60,000 to rebuild the central section of the present-day capital. Here at the Montgomery County Archives, we have records that date back to 1847 including circuit court records and county commission meeting minutes, and a few records that relate to Andrew Dexter, founder of Montgomery and former owner of Go Hill. If you would like to view any records held by the Montgomery County Archives, please feel free to visit our website at www.mc-ala. Go to the drop-down menu and click Archives. There you can find finding aids, digital exhibits, lesson plans, and more. You can also visit the Montgomery County Archives at 101 South Lawrence Street. We are open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on weekdays. No research appointment is necessary. Be on the lookout for our next podcast in which we discuss archives or a local history-related topic. This has been Episode 13 of In the Stacks. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.